KW calling. I'm on international frequency. Come in. Knuckle up again. You know, what is this? What does this represent? Uh, because this isn't just about soda. <laughs> Hello, Beans. This is Dave. And Hello. Don't judge me. You know, I get asked a lot, why horror, why monsters, why ghosts, why serial killers, blah, blah, blah. And the bottom line is, monsters eat people. Ghosts are dead people. I don't like people all the time. Humans have been pissing me off lately. But you know who I do like? I do like Lydia Peter. And I like Heather Taddy. They're here tonight, and they're going to be discussing dead people. And coming up, some other subhumans that are not fans of people. Patron, Saint of plagues. Here they are with Ghost Train. I, re- I really dig this shit. And hang tight for a little critical mass after all. All said and done. Closing time, this is gonna be one hell of a night I can hear the voices all around, but my body freezes my eyes 
okay. Kettle whistle radio, and I said okay again. God, uh, God. How did you do that. I know, I know. Well, you you reintroduced us in about five minutes anyway. So, um, yeah, we got ex special guest in a couple of minutes coming up. And jeez, uh, we're at a bad movie night. We're gonna watch Blood Beach and then uh, Sound Sounds, City, which is not which, bad movie. That's not, not a bad, bad exactly. Movie. We got to end on a good note after starting yeah. a horrific one. But Blood Beach is fun. Okay, it's schlocky, cool. and you picked it out. I, I did. I looked at the cover, and I was like, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> All right, so what do you got for me here? You got something? Um, well, obviously, it. it's the beginning of April, which is the anniversary of Kurt Cobain's death oh, or murder, Lord. whatever you want to call it. And yesterday was actually uh, the day Lane Staley died back in 2002, oh April 5th. God. Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't even realize I it. keep up with these things. I just remember every year. I'm just like, oh. Well, that's interesting that you that you said that, because I, I, I did email you about this, because I was going to buy, um, for it was expensive, 30 bucks, but they have a Mad Season DVD, and I think it's a live oh. concert, and I'm like, it has to be made that's just before rare. Rain died. Yeah. yeah. So for $30, I think I'm going to throw down the cash. I... I asked all my Society 13 folks, including yourself, and nobody got back to me. So I'm like, oh, so I didn't buy it. <laughs> uh. I did find, oh, hey, hey, we've got to talk about this. Are you familiar with this DVD, these guys? Um, yes, Terror. I've heard of them. Terror, yeah, I bought mm-hmm. this live. Terror, it's, um, I got it for $2.50. Terror, oh. New York hardcore band. I believe they're New York. I think they're still in New York. Uh, I got I that. they're still around. But what about this? I, I spent like a whole $8 on. Suicidal I, Tendencies live at Olympic... Just the fact that that you know was there, I didn't know Suicidal Tendencies even made a DVD. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was very happy about that. And as far as music, what I've been listening to lately, right here is a stack Iggy Pop, right there. The Stooges. Yeah, go through them one by one. This is stuff okay, people need to be re- reintroduced to. Fugazi, of course. Okay. But yeah, it's an oldie. Um, Idiot Stare. Idiot Stare. Now that's kind of industrial metal. That was a Kickstart program. They had an album out about ten years ago. This is their second album ever, and it's it, it's really good. I enjoy them. Okay. Just the fact got... that I thought they were gone. Reinforced. Reinforced. That's my buddy Jim's band, who's going to be on uh, Kettle Whistle Radio in the coming weeks. He's a great guy. That's industrial. Okay. And then of God course flesh. the great Godflesh hymns. That's their last one. Heavy as hell, about as heavy as you can get, and still not and, and not be noise. They borderline sometimes, but it, that's just riffy. Really, they have riffy a song stuff. called White Flag. Yeah, it's good. That's a good album. Him and Quicksand. Remember Quicksand? Yeah, that's during the grunge era. Quicksand. I have heard of these guys. Yeah, you'd like that. I should let you borrow that. That's good stuff. Oh, I have. Oh, I have CD. I have those CDs you let me borrow. I have them. In my okay, car. that's all good. Um, so what else you got? Um. Something the Lane Staley and the, I can't believe I forgot the curtain Lane. Yeah, um, the new Yeah Yeah Yes yeah CD. I guess they put it online to stream, and I started listening to some of it. it hasn't grown on me yet. Okay. Their last album I didn't. I wasn't really into. They're, it's Blitz. Yeah. I wasn't really into. I don't know where I'm with them. I like them. some of them a lot. Some of the songs. I guess it's all different though. Like they never. They. It's kind of cool. They're the kind of band that never wants this, their CDs to sound the same, which is cool. Um, but. That's all I have for music news. Well, yeah, music for me today, I mean, the Marky Ramone show, I listen to that constantly, but he played some great stuff today. Um, and, well, I, the Distillers, L.A. Girl was on there. You may or may uh, not cool. know that. Yeah. Um, Subhumans, Fractured, that's a good song. Exploited, Crashed Out, which I, I love that song, and I still don't have that album. I don't know why. Do you remember T.S.O.L.? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other Side, that was on there, too. This is great punk rock stuff that all back-to-back, and then Black Flag, Wound Up, was on. I mean, I was just like... You should have came over earlier. <laughs> uh, let's and I did find a new one for myself, although it's two years old. 
a band called The Old Firm Casuals, and the song is called Casual. Uh, came out in 2011. It's an EP. Huh. Uh, yeah, the the old firm casuals song casual, but look for the EP. That was excellent. That was some great punk rock right there, all in a nutshell. All right, um, anything else before we get? Oh, on? movie news. There's oh. a movie that's being remade. I don't know if you, no. anyone saw the link I posted on Facebook. Am I gonna die? Um, yes. they're making a movie about CBGBs. Uh. And yeah, that there's this one guy. I think his name's like Ian Robinson. Yeah. He writes blogs for like a website, and he wrote an article saying about how it's like a travesty and how. A really compelling documentary could be made about this with the people that are still alive that actually experience it instead of like a director that is I, just going. I you agree. know what I mean? It's going to be. I don't know. Yeah, Debbie like Harry's it. still alive. Hello, uh, yeah, the Talking right? Heads. You could get at least two of them. But like, I'm sure the uh, you know the husband and wife would talk. You know, not yeah, so much. They so wouldn't get David Byrne. I don't think. It but. just sucks that people that probably have no connection whatsoever to CBGBs are going to kind of make this movie. That's a shame. There's, yeah. I mean, even like people like Sonic Youth who used to go there. You know, and, and see why not interview? Yeah, Taylor um, Hawkins is playing Iggy Pop, though. Yeah. Oh, that's the one. They're they're tying that yeah. together. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a bad thing. I I remember we talked about that on an earlier show. That's not bad. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. Well, so we got Lydia Peaver coming up next, horror author extraordinaire from the Great White North. Stay with us. Hello and welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. Yes, hello folks. <laughs> we have a guest with us right off the bat, straight out of Canada. And actually, she appeared on the Wicked Library with uh, Nelson Piles. Um, her story, Bad Shepherd, which is in Prayed Wide Eve, and that's also a play on your name. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Lydia Peaver, horror author and author of Pray Lied Eve. Yep, among others, uh, Nightface is the one that I'm looking forward to purchasing, and I, I hear that's an incredible vampire story. Yeah, thank you, and I, I hope it is. I, <laughs> I'm working on the sequel right now, so the first book's removed from me. I'm trying to not think of it too much, but uh, yeah, it's my favorite. I sold a copy last night, and it made me feel pretty good. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I know how that feels. <laughs> I, yeah. You probably sold a lot more than one. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I try to not pay too much attention to sales, because yeah, then I pay can. attention to that and not what I'm doing. I agree with that completely, completely. Well, actually, I'm very happy to have you here. We've been talking about this for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I, we, we do have to start off with something Jane's Addiction. I know um, <laughs> we I just played something for Heather, and that's kind of how the show was founded, our, our love of the band. And uh, I, we found I found this band, um, they're called Acidic, and they are literally ripping off the Mountain Song. I don't know, what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> Yeah, it does. the The riff of the song sounds like the mountain song backwards and kind of slowed down. Yeah. Do you know acidic? I don't, but I mean, I would recognize the song. I know what you mean when you hear that little riff. You would know it. Same yeah. with Three Days. If I heard one note from Three Days, I I know it anywhere. Yeah. Oh, you're getting a nod over here. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do I sense a fan? <laughs> yeah, sir. I'm a, I'm a terrible fan of anything. I don't follow <laughs> things like you know real. Fa- I don't embrace fandom, but. Uh, I watch Gift regularly, and I'm always, oh. like, when someone hasn't seen Gift, I, I sit them down, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Do you have it on DVD? I can't find it on DVD. A friend of mine made me a copy from VHS for DVD. Okay. I'm gonna it is. It's really... I, it's, I can't even find the VHS. It's very hard to find. I have the VHS. I watched it online. I don't. I could never even find it. There's actually a copy right there if you want to take that home oh. with you and make lots of... My VCR is broken. Oh, that's right. Eat stuff. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So, That's a shame. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got a James fan. We don't always get James fans on here. Uh, some people actually have uh, hated on them, but, you know, we're used to that. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know how that is. Yeah, no, no. I like a lot of different music, so I'm, I'm so you know, when somebody somebody doesn't like something, I get really indifferent. But then when somebody throws it back at me, it, like the Ramones, I'm not a huge Ramones fan, and a lot of my friends are huge Ramones fans, and yeah. then they tear me a new one and i just kind of shrug like whatever i kind of yeah. grew up with them so i can't say i'm not I, I i got to see all four of them alive and as a matter of fact we were just listening to the marky ramon show before we got you in here so yeah i'm a fan but i'm not gonna rip you apart i understand not liking them i know plenty of people that don't like them at all but uh you know it's different every time well what all right so what is your style what do you like what's what's your favorite um, I, that's hard to want even to pin down. Is as as hard as to identify my favorite band. I, I like punk rock music for sure. Um, I like some world music. I like metal. I like new metal. I like screamo. I like anything but country. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Same here too. Yeah, that works. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like like rap much, but I mean, there's some great songs out there, and that's a lot. Like, if if it's good, I like it, and that's. I'm with I you on that. Um, old rap. I, we talk about this comes up all the time too. I like rap from the '80s that I heard when I was a kid. Those groups, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Public Enemy and NWA and LL Cool J, all that stuff. That was good. It was pure. I don't really. I can't find a new rap group I like really. No. No, I hear you. There's a local one here, uh, Morbid Psychosis. I did interviews with. They're kind of fun. They're 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 cool guys. I have to say. But um, all right, so let's let's talk about this. Um, Prelude Eve. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, that okay. is. And actually, someone said the other day called it. Um, uh, oh, what did they call it? Uh, eat, eat, pray, lie, yeah, or something like that. <laughs> to make and, fun of that book, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I didn't get it at first, and they're like, oh, isn't it a play on? Pray, love, whatever. Write and, that book, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, oh, sorry, no, it's not. But yeah, no, it's an anagram. It's an anagram of my name, um, and that's a photo of me on the cover. So it's the most narcissistic thing on the entire planet right now. Well, it's okay if you admit it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, openly, yeah, completely openly. It's a bit of an experiment because the stories in it were a little long for the short story market and too short. I didn't want to, you know, throw words into things to pad them and make them longer for a novella. That's just unfair. So there was a few publishers that considered it for some projects that they were doing and some experiments they were doing with um, e-books that were about this length and short collections and things like that of around uh, 20,000 words. Um, and when they didn't bite right away, I got impatient and I just did it myself with <laughs> Horror Mario Productions. Nice. No, I, I like that approach a lot. Uh, where's a good place, like if someone's going to start with your stuff, where, where should they go? Should they start with your anthology? Should they, should they go to Nightface first? I'd say Pray Light Eve. It really depends on what you're looking for um, as a reader. Um, Prelight Eve is like it's marketed as a dark, quiet horror for dark, quiet people, and that's really what it is. It's emo horror in a way. They're not terror stories, they're creeping, looming stories of sadness and confusion. So it's there's no gore, there's no vampires, there's no monsters necessarily. There's there's ghosts and and possession and obsession, things like that. Um, but if you're looking for monsters, like vampires, maybe, right. just throwing that out there, <laughs> Nightface would be the place to go, because it's that um, I kind of owed to splatterpunk in its violence. Okay, it yeah, like, very violent. we're talking 30 Days of Night vampires? 
Not quite. They're not as monstrous as that. They're okay. very, very human. They're not as like they're human as the Twilight vampires are human, um, but they are terrible. And they're killers. Okay. They're violent. Yeah. That, okay. <laughs> I like to hear that. <laughs> I will be picking up that book. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to let you join in on our conversation that we normally have. There's a couple of things here. I know that eventually Heather will get, get some things going here too, but we're going to watch Sound City tonight, which I've already seen, and um, I just love the movie. I don't know where you are with Dave Grohl these days, but I think this is a funny point that I found out about him. I want to see what you think about this. If he, you go on Twitter, are you realizing that he only follows one person? Oh, really? No, no, I've never looked at his Twitter feed. Yeah, he, he follows one person. That's it. Who is this one person? Um, I have his name. It's like a Jim Tra- Jim Trabowski, and I don't know if it's a friend from from home or whatever. But I just think it's hilarious. That's that's what he does. He follows one dude. I wonder if it's a fake person. If it's him himself, that yeah. would be just so fun. That would be something I'd do. I have a feeling it might be a real guy because Dave Grohl's like that, you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Now I know Heather's a Stevie Nicks fan. How do you feel about Stevie Nicks? I love her voice. I do. Well, I like it when to. in um, Sid and Nancy, when Nancy Spungen, quote unquote, makes fun of Stevie Nicks. I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Heather's going to go see uh, Fleetwood Mac, and I already saw them. Uh, she's not a fan of Stevie's solo stuff, which is nah. interesting, but she likes Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can, I can dig Fleetwood Mac. There's one of our um, friends and fans of Ottawa Horror that is a huge Stevie Nicks fan and a huge Fleetwood Mac fan. And I don't know. I don't know if they, they toured here or he went to see them. I don't know. My mom loves Stevie Nicks. So that's for sure. That's yeah. That's where I got it from too. And you got yeah. it from your parents, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, my parents got me into Fleetwood Mac. And you're taking them to see them. Yep. All right. Well, I also this uh, most interesting video I've seen, and you hear the song everywhere. I'm not a fan of the song, but do you know the band Imagine Dragons? Have no. You? Okay. Uh, just watch their video. It, it's um, the first time I've ever seen this in my life uh, with Muppets pit fighting. All right. They're Muppets fighting each other in, <laughs> yeah, like pit bulls. And it's hysterical. The, the song you'll know right that. away. Oh, it's yeah, hysterical. Yeah, I hear that song everywhere I go. Every, you know the song. Yeah. It's not a good song, really. No, it's not. It, it's not. Like, anything else would have been better for Muppets fighting. Yeah, I'll have to check out the video, though. I haven't seen it. I, yeah, I agree. But I had to bring up Muppets because uh, I don't know if you guys even care, but Jane Henson died this week. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know who that is? Do you know who that is? Yeah. Jim Henson. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I felt kind of bad about that. I, I was kind of bumming out. I was raised by Muppets, so it's kind of like, <laughs> what can I tell you? And Ebert. Ebert died, too. Yeah. It's kind of, <laughs> she's like, yeah. No, that was kind of sad. I mean, I, there was a lot of back and forth on Twitter and social media about Ebert's passing, and I mean, who are we to, to have a position on, like, we're not going to critique his life now, yeah. right? That's just weird. Um, I really, I still enjoy, will always enjoy his review mm. of Human Centipede. Oh, man, it you saw that? <laughs> the best bad review ever. I love that. What did he have to say? I didn't, I did not catch that. I saw the that, movie. <laughs> you'd have to read it, but it basically ends with his, like, this wonderful quote of, this movie exists in a place where there are no stars. <laughs> and I love that. I quoted that for when we launched it here with Ottawa Horror at the Mayfair Theater, and we had a really good turnout. And it was, you know, it had a lot of buzz that movie. And we often, we, when people would be like, "Well, what's it like?" We tell them that. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't know he covered that. I, I'm wondering too, since he died. Now he did a review of the Evil Dead, the new, the remake. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was his last review. That would be kind of sad in a way. 
Yeah. That's what I've heard. I haven't had the chance to look, and I want to read it. And that's yeah. When I read that on Twitter, that it was his last review, I it wanted was? to check it out. Oh man, I was just guessing because I, I mean, he came out at the same time. I just found out he died. And what a what a thing to mm-hmm. be remembered for is your last review. That's kind of <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, that's well, I haven't verified it yet, and I need to because that would be another. I, I hope he liked it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he didn't. <laughs> he oh. gave, I, he gave it one star, so I, I, that's usually <laughs> not good. At least it exists in a place where there is a star. Yeah. <laughs> Very One good. Star. Very good. Uh, now you're talking. Now you have a podcast yourself, right? We're yeah. Well, we're working on a super secret uh, podcast. Me and a friend uh, from SlatterPictures.net are, you know, slowly pecking away at this project. Uh, it's been tossed around a couple times to do one with Ottawa Horror. And I was just going to start podcasting on my own because I enjoy it, like hearing my own voice and talking about junk. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I know we've been recording for the last uh, couple months, seriously, for the last month, like more regularly. And so they're pre-taped. They're all pre-taped and they're all kind of just going to sit in a vault till we find a home for them. Oh, that's cool. Oh, so you're just not sure yet. Um, Well, we have a home yeah, but it's also it's also super secret. Okay. Oh, so I was not supposed to bring this up. <laughs> oh no, that's fine. No, it's fine. I can I can be vague. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you send me stuff, I'm gonna I'm gonna use it. I thought maybe you know, like they, also too, you sent me two songs. We're gonna play at least one of those tonight. I, I Heather didn't get to hear them yeah. yet, but yeah, was that the Patron State of Plagues? Yeah, yeah, yeah local band, Ottawa band. Uh, I, I work closely with them from time to time. I covered them for Ottawa Horror about two years ago. Okay, and they're cool with us playing their, their stuff? Oh, completely. Yeah, Opie Saint was uh, looking forward to it. His pick was Beetlejuice. My pick is Ghost Train. Okay. That's how that, that's how that played out. Um, yeah, I know. There was something else I was going to bring up, and I can't remember what it was. Well, you said that you do photography for them, and I, I guess photography is oh. part of your... Uh... You there? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did I find the point that you were looking for? No, not at all. But that's <laughs> that's yeah, okay. I'm, I'm just going to backpedal a bit, and then we'll get back to the, the music choices. Okay. Because we're all, like, we all love music, and we're, all, like, a lot of these older bands. Like, um, did all of us grow up in houses where there were stacks of albums? And I, just, like, records me everywhere? and you did, and Heather, I guess, go for CDs, it. CDs, yeah. CD, Her, she, CDs. she found her brother's CDs, but there had to be vinyl laying around somewhere. No, he never collected vinyl. No, your, your parents? No. No. Yeah, so, yeah, me and you, Lydia, we definitely had... I, we're sitting in a room here where there is still vinyl. I have my uh, Ozzy Blizzard of Oz on vinyl still right behind me. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, But go for it. What were you, what were you saying before I cut Yeah, I know. With the photography, that's um, another hobby of mine. Most of the things that I do that I really like to do that I like, I guess I'm good at or okay at are like just hobbies, right? So I do... Um, fetish type photography pin down photography and band photography i've always taken photos of my friends that are in bands so that one just came naturally and i love going to things like zombie walk fan expo comic-con just to get photos yeah i basically stalk pyramid head that's what i do (laughs) yeah you gotta come out come out to one of our horror realms here definitely oh my gosh yes i want to hit a world horror convention maybe not this year but next year Mm. It's just too too tight in time wise. Yeah, they all seem to come but, out once. I, I don't like the fall is big here, and it, we just had one in the spring. 
Um, but yeah, Horror Realm's good. The one I hear about all the time is Horror, uh, Horror Hound. It's in Ohio. Yeah. Do you know about that one? Horror Hound Weekend is huge. And uh, that's, I envy Mandy DeGate. I interviewed her just not long ago. And yeah, you no. guys have had her. She's, yeah, yeah she's, she basically, not to does a tour, but she has a couple cons that she definitely hits stateside. And I definitely envy her that. Yeah. Oh, you got to do that, man. Oh, God, yeah. Definitely. Maybe I'll, I'll have her pack me in a little suitcase or something. <laughs> yeah, you guys should travel together. <laughs> oh, that would be just toxic. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, She's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, we should do that because that would just be painfully, oh, my God, the photo opportunities. <laughs> my gosh. Well, so what did, what did you think? Um, I got to ask you, when Nelson uh, Piles did your story, were you, like, were you just amazed or like, how would you take that? I was amazed and humbled and just I knew he'd do a wonderful job and he did a ridiculously wonderful job and the voice of the kitsune he just had so cool I just I, I yes. loved every minute of it really uh, the my favorite thing was my parents and it's so cute and cheesy but they um my dad waited for my mom to get home before he listened to it and then they put it on and they it turned out the lights and they sat on the couch, eyes closed, like an old radio play and just listened, right? And I love that idea that not only people are like passively listening or have it on their iPod on their commute, that they sat down still and silent and uh, listened to the Lydia, I, I got to tell you, uh, me and my wife did the same thing. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, when we listen to the Wicked Library, we uh, we turn down the lights, have all the candles lit, and you know take about a half hour to an hour, whatever the show is, and make sure we take it all in. Yours was full of really cool imagery too. I mean, really, that was one of my favorites so far. Glad I'm glad and because yeah, yeah, that's Laurel, that's... the Demon Whisperer in the Bad Shepherd. Just to reiterate what we're talking about here, that was that was excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything. There's things in that story that were based on true events. Um, me and my sister actually had the conversation that Willow and Laurel have about the post across the road. Um, well, in the field. It's across the road in real life. Um, and the snake thing where Grandma chops the snake up mm-hmm. in the bread box, that happened to me. I opened the bread box and there was a snake in it. And they like that little portion of the story where she's dealing with the snake that that all actually happened it sounded real it sounded like it, like mm-hmm. it happened it really did mm-hmm. that was excellent what was the snake doing in the bread box <laughs> well, we could never figure it out we never, <laughs> we were, and it was a huge garter snake too oh. it was like really big we don't know how it got in there because <laughs> oh, my grandma i mean i guess maybe i'm a, hopefully i'm a chip off the old block she just grabbed a butcher knife right away and just chopped it up it was pretty wow. fantastic yeah <laughs> Uh, do you have a fear of snakes now because of that experience uh no i have a normal like you know if they roared or whistled i'd be a lot happier about snakes but they don't so you'll be just walking along and bang there's a snake there um i'll jump sure but i would jump for any animal probably but i'm not afraid of them i'll handle them i like i like snakes i definitely do um but when I was younger, because I grew up in the farmhouse, um, in the backyard, we knew there was a lot of snakes in the backyard. There was an old well there. And this one day, me and my friend Roy were playing in the backyard, and we're, like, you know, being kids collecting mice and snakes or whatever we did. And I said, oh, I know where there's snakes. There's going to be snakes in the old well. And there was a big piece of corrugated metal covering the well, like, for safety's sake. So we went over, and like, we're, like, six years old. 
and we hoist up this big chunk of corrugated metal and flip it over and we look in this old well that's like old and filled in it's probably about three feet deep really i don't four feet deep and not only were there snakes in there but they were mating so there was this gross snake ball of what looked like five thousand snakes just roiling it was the grossest thing we were petrified for a second and then bolted screaming like oh no wow if anybody's wondering why you write horror there it is yeah i mean that stays with you a scene like that wow that's wild (laughs) geez so that farmhouse is a real place which i could tell um do you write about real places all the time or do you ever take things just i like your people are they based on real people or do you make them all up um in face pretty much everyone's made up like any writer you you pull certain personality traits from people that you know you just do and or people that you don't know you know people you see on the bus you know um i know enough old big farmers the farmer is a really cool character in night face and he's based off of a lot of big old cool farmers i've met or not met or seen you know um Pray Light Eve, every, there's a, something true in every single story in Pray Light Eve, which makes it really close to me. That's in cool. Way. What's your favorite? Makes, oh, sorry? I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, um, it makes it kind of, um, like kind of I, I'm not nervous of the stories, but it's like they're too close. Oh, yeah. Anyways, You're sorry. opening your soul to everybody when they, yeah, I understand that. That's, yeah. yeah. You're putting yourself out there, but what do you have a favorite or like do you do you don't prefer monsters or I guess or demons you prefer the human monster or or possession where do you go what what's your favorite thing to write about uh the, the human monster for sure uncertainty obsession um possession um reaction to fear usually facing it headlong that's uh or not reacting i have a problem with not reacting my editor tobin elliott definitely keeps me grounded that way he'll read something sometimes and be like you know what people wouldn't just shrug and walk past that that's I'm gonna, important i'm gonna jump and scream yeah that is really that's so cool that's really important because that's what's lacking in a lot of horror movies like i love these movies where like some one of the one of the kids gets killed at the camp and then they go continue partying it's like, oh, you know, yeah, because that's how they react, you know. Oh, we'll deal with it in the morning, you know. But you know, I hate that. Like, they don't re- when the, when people react like how people re- would react, and it's natural. It's it makes the movie like it, you're not, you know, um, insulting the audience. And yeah, that's important in writing too. It's good that you have somebody that can pin- pinpoint that for you. Yeah, because it's a very really bad habit of mine. And that's the, we were reviewing a movie not long ago where there's this woman and she's all alone and it's a creepy dark place. And she's just sort of like, well, this is a good place to camp. And it's the creepiest place in the entire planet. And she's just like, right on. I'll just undo my bedroom and get cozy and take my clothes off. Right on. Yeah. No, no, people don't do that. (laughs) No, 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 they don't. Not even Mandy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would love to go camping with her now. Screw this this book tour thing. Let's go camping. She's wild. Um, but no, you had asked what my favorite. What, were you going to say my favorite story in Pray Light Eve? Yeah, that one first. Favorite? I'd like yeah. to know. Yeah, which one is your favorite? It's every. I, I, from what I gather, it's the least favorite. Not from people who've read Pray Light Eve, but as far as my trying to sell these stories in the previous year, because I really only let them. You know, I really only submitted them for a year. Shrinking Dwell, um, about ice balls. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Explain. Some. 
Yeah, pretty lame. I no, said. I said explain. <laughs> I wouldn't say lame. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I'll explain how lame it is. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did not say that. Oh, man. Um, no, it, um, that's... I, it's not only close to me because it actually happened, like most of the things. A friend of mine had these mysterious ice balls slamming into the ground just around the corner from my house. And there's a photo on my Facebook, somewhere buried in photos on Facebook, of me, a blurry picture of me standing on a road surveying this ice ball that has just landed for no reason. And it's probably just falling off a plane. Uh, uh, he did, yeah, it wasn't anything to do with the story from that point on, but... Yeah, that's definitely my favorite. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, well, you know what? You should probably, before we forget to do any of this, plug your stuff, where people can find you, what they can get, and where to get it. Yeah, Night Face is available on postmortempress.com and Amazon, of course. And that's really the best place to find any of my stuff. I have an Amazon author page, like all authors do and should. Um, so from there you can find Night Face, Pray Light Eve, and an anthology I was in that came out in October 2012 uh, for When the Veil Drops from West Pigeon Press. And that has another dark ghost story in it called Thicker Than. And that's really about it right now. I have another story coming out in October of 2013 in the Post Scripts to Darkness Volume 4. It's another anthology that's available online as well. That's cool. Lots of stuff to look up. Um, there's <laughs> something we touched on when we were talking the other day. You said something about, your, I don't know if you want to talk about the story, your grandfather and a haunting. Oh, gosh, yeah. And that's a lot of, like, I want to write more of this um, supernatural and ghosts for sure because it is a big part of my life, bigger than I really admitted, I think, and I think that is maybe a learning curve some authors go through is that they start writing, they write what they know and then they write what they love and then they have to, they combine those things. And yeah. I um, totally agree with that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. When I'll just run through the three major, the, 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 the ghost stories that me and my mom talk about a lot. Um, when I was three years old, I was outside making a snowman and we live on a private road. Um, like we we lived a lot of time at my grandmother's farmhouse, but before that and now my parents live on this private road. And so it's pretty safe. You know, you can have your three-year-old kid out in the front yard at dusk making a snowman. She was standing in the living room watching me through the picture window. And so I'm out there playing whatever. And from her perspective, she saw me stop and, you know, drop some snow and look and look toward the hedges and have a conversation. And my mom's getting nervous right right away. She's like, there's someone in the bushes talking to my daughter. That's no, okay. no, no, no. So she taps on the window and I look up and I waved and I kind of pointed at the bushes and I waved at my mom again and turned back to the bushes and continued my conversation. And my mom came out and she's like, honey, are you done? <laughs> you know, Let's get in the house. And she looked and listened. There was nobody there. Um, from my perspective, I was making my snowman and my great-grandmother, Grandma Nono, uh, Annie Storm was her name, uh, was behind the hedges. And she said, Lydia. And I said, hi. <laughs> and she said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm making a snowman. And she said, don't get dirty. And I was Because she used to always, if she wasn't screaming at us in German, 
which we didn't understand. She was telling us to not get dirty or, you know, don't put that on your face. Wash your hands, you know, always clean, clean, clean. She just said, don't get dirty. And I was like, I can't get dirty. You know, it's, I'm thinking it's no, it's not dirty. I'm not dirty. And she said, uh, go in, you're getting dirty. And I was like, okay. And then my mom came out. Well, my great grandmother passed away a year before. So she certainly wasn't there. And I, it was very vivid and it was her voice. And she was really, really, really there, you know. So I don't know. And just from the way mo- that I was reacting, my mom was convinced that there was definitely, uh, I was definitely visited by her ghost. Wow. That's a very, yeah. like, young age, too, to have an experience like that that you can remember so clearly. Mm-hmm. I have a pretty good memory um, compared to most people. And I was shocked growing up that people didn't remember being six months old and stuff like that. Um, you have a lot of memories from being two and three years old. I have a f- couple really clear ones where I can describe like who was at the cottage and what they were talking about. You know, th- there was bottles of beer on the table and the raccoons came and da da da. You know, and I was six months old. So yeah, kind of wow. unique. Holy smokes! Yeah, that is. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. But yeah, that would stay. Was- <laughs> It was probably a year after that. I was at my grandmother's farmhouse, and I was walking down the creepy hallway that actually figures in The Bad Shepherd, the creepy hallway that Mm -hmm. Laurel walks down and doesn't like walking down because there's all those old ancestors looking at her from these horrible paintings and photos. That hallway existed. And I was walking down it, and it's probably why I became so scared of this hallway. I looked at the back window, and there was this man standing there, and he was trying to talk to me. But I couldn't hear him through the window. Um, but I re- like realized he was kind of monochromatic and kind of transparent. And that was really scary. And he put his hand to his face like, oh, God, I'm scaring her. Like, kind of like, oh, no, kind of look. And then he disappeared, like just vanished in that fady kind of way that ghosts apparently vanish. And I ran back in the other room. I said, oh, Grandma, Grandma, there's a man outside. And she said, no, uh, you know, she went and looked and walked around the house because there's two separate doors. You can walk around the whole outside of the house in one door and out the other. There's nobody out there. And she had me describe him and what he did. And once I'm saying, you know, oh, he, then he vanished. <laughs> um, she had me describe him. And I hadn't seen photos of my grandfather. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that I remember anyway. But I described him and he was about the right height and everything. So it was awful creepy. Now, do you find that creepy? I mean, if it's somebody like that, uh, I, the way my wife is and her family, because they, they're sensitive, um, we'll just say, and they're told they can turn it off if they want to. But then again, if it's just like your grandparents, there's really no, no reason to be afraid anyway. But I guess it's startling to begin with. I, I, I don't know how you how else you take that. But were you really actually just scared or just startled? I was weirded out first at first that there was a man outside because okay. that's just an unsettling thing even to a little kid. I was oh, four yeah. maybe, you know, and it was dark outside and it was we, you know, it was a farmhouse and there's like coyotes and stuff out there. I don't know. <laughs> um, so that's you know having a man looking at you through the window. Yeah. We had a healthy, you know, self-preservation even, you know, instilled by our parents. Don't talk to strangers. <laughs> There's a stranger at the window looking at me in the dark. That's And he looks creepy because he's gray and see-through. Like, that's creepy. And then he vanished, yeah, which was, you know, yeah. people don't normally vanish. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was unsettling. And, you know, I was, yeah, I was definitely concerned as a kid. Do you uh, Wait, we, oh, Go ahead. Sorry. 
I had a lot of, we had a lot of strange, weird thing happen at that farmhouse. We kind of got used to it. It wasn't scary, like, let's all get the priests in and let's move out of the house kind of scared ever, but it's unsettling. I've come across, like, people, especially, again, within my family, I'm the guy that wants to see it that never will see it. It just, I am not sensitive to it. I've never, I've only had a few weird things happen, but kind of explainable at the same time. Whereas the people I know that have the ability to see these things and are sensitive, it sounds like your family is sensitive. Um, mm-hmm. They don't want it. They don't want to be able to see these things. I don't know, Heather, what do you think about that? Do you, what no, do you, I agree. I agree. I mean... What have you come across? I know you've come across quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, where do I start? <laughs> do they want to see it? I don't know where to start. Ah, it depends. I mean, a lot of little kids have experiences like that, and obviously it really scares them, and they don't know how to handle it. Like, once they learn how to, once they're taught, like, how to deal with that, I don't think it's as scary anymore, but... Taught mm. to deal with it. That's interesting. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, oh, speaking of farmhouses, there is a movie coming out. It's um, based on a case that Ed and Lorraine Warren did um, about mm. a farmhouse in Long Island. It's called, do you know about it? I have, yeah. It's called The Con- Conjuring, I think. Yeah. But yeah. there's actors that are portraying Lorraine and Ed in the movie, and I think that that will be really Explain, interesting. It, I don't to know see. if Lydia knows. She may or may not know who you're talking about, Ed and Lorraine. No, I'm writing it down right now because oh, I'm intrigued. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, Ed and Lorraine Warren were um, paranormal investigators. The, uh, Lorraine is still alive. Um, Ed passed away in like 2006, but. Um, they basically, uh, Lorraine is a clairvoyant. Um, when she was young, she started, um, in Catholic school, she started seeing, like, auras around nuns, and that's kind of how she knew she had this ability. But her and her husband have investigated over thousands and thousands of, like, the biggest paranormal cases that every, like, movie is based off of and everything. They, you know, went into these houses and experienced everything, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of movies made about their cases, and this is... It's it's a farmhouse in Long Island. I, I remember hearing her talk about it before, um, but I don't know too much of the backstory about it. But it, when you were talking about your farmhouse, it reminded me of the movie. Oh, I can believe it. They're creepy places. I yeah. think I recall them being interviewed for an Amityville documentary. Yeah, yep, yeah that's them. that makes sense. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I'm intrigued because there was, you know, other people would have weird you know, feelings in the house and see weird things. And some of my friends when we were kids like going there because they were afraid of the basement. And my sister summed it up really well the other day. We were talking on the phone about, we always uh, often talk about the things we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, you know, I was like, you know, you got to say mom and dad, that house is so terribly haunted that don't you think when you're a little kid, the basement's creepy and it's supposed to get less creepy as you age, but that basement got more and more creepy mm. as we age. So that's like, there's something wrong there. Yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah. 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 It did get more creepy um, from other people getting more creeped out. And I don't know. Was it not, I don't know. It wasn't a bad creepy. We weren't scared because it was, seemed to be family members and haunting for what reason? That's one thing we could never, me and my sister can't really figure out. Like why would they be, hinge to the house when there's no need for them there's no strife they didn't die under duress we're you know a happy family as you know as families go and there was no reason for them and they wouldn't do anything they just sort of hang out i don't know Hmm. the conversation continues next week all right ladies and gentlemen i give you critical mass Hello, folks. You know, I've been thinking a lot today of what I would talk about, and I just wanted to talk about some people that really make me make my life a lot more enjoyable and valuable to feel a part of this universe. Uh, Lindsay Lohan, 
who I really think is a very talented actress. I like all the facial work she's had done recently. And I used to like her on Mean Girls and all those other movies and Herbie because, well, Herbie because she was wearing that tight t-shirt, whatever. But now she's just become a drunk, loud, obnoxious person. And she kind of is grouped into that Kim Kardashian thing where, you know, I have a problem with women who wear too tight outfits when they're pregnant. That's why you're pregnant. You, you wear those outfits that help you get pregnant. But once you become pregnant, I don't need to see you in tight, tight outfits. I don't need to see you showing off your belly. I don't need to see you in stilettos or anything. And I'm glad that someone gave her a, a role in a movie, especially Tyler Perry. You know, I, you know I, I respect the man. He does movies and he makes a lot of them. But I'll tell you, I see those previews and I'm like, what is this shit? I can't believe it. I'm just stunned. I can't, I can't, uh, it, it, it's painful for me to watch. And I know he's made a lot of money. He's very talented. And maybe I'm jealous because, my, well, I'm not getting movies made like that. So, hey, I could be a little jealous. But that last movie just put out and then Kim Kardashian it. Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian acting is like watching paint, paint rust on a car. It's very painful. It's like you know when you get that you get that uh that uh you cut yourself in your hand and you got a little bit of a bruise and then you put you try to wash it and you get that stinging feeling. That's the kind of feeling I get every time I kind of see her. Now, I mean acting or talking. What if I just look at her and fantasize about her? Yeah, I could go off for days on that. But really I have a tough time once she opens that mouth, it would just destroy it for me. That's why I don't think I could ever, ever have any relations with her. Because I think she'd start talking and whatever, and I just would have to be, please shut up. Please shut up. I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather peanut lick my face. Than Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electricast. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels on this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.